Hey, 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 it's me, the Kentucky Guy, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. This episode is actually part two of a special report we've been doing on FDR and LBJ. It's gonna We're going to talk about in today's episode the Rothschild family, how they interact and how they actually have caused over 250 years every European war to date, including the two world wars. You can hear this and much more on this episode of the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your truth teller, the truth finder, the truth seeker, the Kentucky guy. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in today. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday today. Today is Monday. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're listening to us from. We're on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, and the list goes on. Also, for you sports fans out there and wrestling fans, oh, yeah, I do co-host Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with Donnie Cage. We drop new episodes there every Tuesday and Saturday. That's right. We change the days that we drop them. Every Tuesday and Saturday. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for me, always contact me at OLKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. OLKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. Now, before we go any further, I want to talk about a couple things that I've been thinking about, some changes to the show. And basically, nothing really drastic. It's just... uh. I've received a lot of emails over, I don't know, the last three months or so asking about doing longer segments on the show. Now, and I've discussed this and, I, and I've said there's nothing wrong with that, but the more that I research it, the more I find that if you go over, if you go all the way up to an hour or longer on a podcast, a lot of times the listener your average listener, not all of you, but your average listener will not finish the podcast or they'll turn it off to come back to it and forget about it, that episode, because you released another episode and so forth. So what I've decided, because I know some of you are uh, true, true fans in the audience, and I really appreciate that I do, and I've, and I've read your emails and I've responded to most of them so you know who you are. So what I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about doing the normal two segments a week like we do for 40 minutes. And then after that, maybe one or two or maybe even three times a week, I'll drop a quick 20 
a 25-minute episode going over headlines, because I know we're not getting them all with the special reports and just dropping two episodes a week. So what do you guys think about that? Feel free to email me. I think that's the route I'm going to take. That's going to be a lot easier than doing an hour or an hour and a half long segment because I just, I, you know, I want you guys, what we go over, I feel is important. You know, if this was the wrestling podcast or sports podcast or something of that nature, uh, I probably, it wouldn't be a problem if you didn't finish it. But here, we're all about getting you to do your own research and trying to educate you on the research that me and my team have done. So for you to drop out and still have 20 minutes left of the show, you may miss something in the wrap-up or anything's possible. So it's important that you listen to it all. So that's why I don't think I'm going to go over the 40 minutes, but I think we're going to add, I've already talked to some of the guys, I think we're going to add, you know, not a long segments, but maybe a 20-minute episode here, 20-minute episode there, and so forth. So I do think that, and... I think that we're going to change our schedule right now. It's Wednesday and Saturday. It never seems like we get the Saturday show done because there's so much going on on Saturdays. We try to, for all the shoes to fall, it's usually on Monday. So we may look at changing that now that Against the Mat podcast is no longer on, on Mondays, it's on Tuesday and Saturday. So, and I will announce that. Let me work on that a little bit longer and I will let you guys know, but it's been a while since we've got a podcast out on an actual Saturday, and the reason why is because I don't want to bring you half the news. But when we do episodes like today, this is part two, by the way, of the FDR episode that we just did, who is the real FDR that we put out last week. When we do episodes like this, unless we run into a researching development, we can do those on the scheduled days. We don't have to wait. The reason why I had to wait on this one was because we found a conflict in some of the research that we've done, and I wanted to make sure that we were right. You guys know, once again, don't ever take anybody's word for anything, including mine. Do your own research. But here's the thing. If you guys know that we report something that we found that is incorrect, we will come back and tell you all. Hey, you know, we made a mistake here. We're, we're just human, right? But if we can prevent from putting out information that we're even a little shaky on, we prevent it. So that's why this episode has took an extra day to come out because there was something on there and one of the members of the team, they're like, hey, you know, I found this and this says that this is different than that. And I'm like, okay, well, let's get on it. We'll, I'll hold off on recording it and come to find out we were, we did have the correct information. So we don't have to backtrack anything like that. Well, because we hadn't done the audio yet anyways, but we are good to go. So, <laughs> and if that confuses you, I apologize. I just wanted to kind of show you why we're late <laughs> on getting this episode out. All right. So let's, uh, let's get into who is FDR part two. <laughs> FDR's son-in-law, Curtis Dell, wrote in his book, My Exploited Father-in-Law, states the background of Franklin Dell Roosevelt's family was a composite of English, Dutch, 
Jewish, and French stock. Dalton also points out Chase Osborne, a Zionist Christian and a former governor of Michigan, mentioned that the former president, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, who is also the fifth cousin of FDR, had claimed to be Jewish. Osborne gave an interview to St. Petersburg Times of Florida, which appeared on February 8th, 1934. Dalton writes, Osborne claimed that the Roosevelts were descended from the Rascompos, a Jewish family expelled from Spain in 1620. That family spread into Europe and altered their spellings according to the various places they took root. Rosenberg, Rosebaum, Roslau, and various places, oh, I'm sorry, in Holland, Roosevelt, the Roosevelt in Holland finally became Roosevelt, claimed Osborne, which in fact appears to be true. The family, Partridge, Clays von Roosevelt, immigrated to the United States in 1649. His son, Nicholas, Nicholas's, apparently dropped the van and changed the spelling, spelling to the familiar form. There is thus little doubt about the FDR's Jewish roots, and that explains his absolute Pelications for inducting a huge number of Jews into his government and seeking advice of the Jews. Huh. Okay. Which we went over that in the last segment, how many people that were Jewish that FDR actually put in his cabinet. So now it's all coming, right? It's all coming to a head. It's all coming about on why. Seven men in Wall Street now control a great share of the fundamental industry and resources of the United States. Three of the seven men are J.P. Morgan, James Stillman, and George F. Baker, head of the First National Bank of New York, belong to the so-called Morgan Group. Four of them, John D. and William Rockefeller, James Stillman, head of the National City Bank, and Jacob F. Schiff, of the private banking firm of Kuan Loeb Company to the so-called Standard Oil National City Bank Group. The central machine of capital exists its control over the U.S. The process is not only economically logical, it is practically automatic. Wow. So right there, Standard Oil Group, if you're not familiar, that the Standard Oil Company came from the Rockefellers, that is when after J.D. went and he bought all these, J.D. Rockefeller went and bought all these oil companies and refineries in the Cleveland, Ohio area and built what some call his empire. Or approximately 250 years, the multifaceted Zions. Now, before I get into this, I want to, I want to be clear about something. I mentioned on the last episode, I'm going to show you guys how all these families with our today's society and our current companies, how they're all entangled and how they all came to be. So now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Rothschild family, which is still one of the most powerful families in the U.S. today. So the multifaceted Zionist Rothschild crime family with its prototypical Luciferian and anti-Christian, anti-religion, 
globalist aspirations has tirelessly, tirelessly worked to entwine and morph itself into the already existing global financial power structure, as well as take over the helms of the mass brainwashing apparatus that we now call the controlled Western mainstream media. Well, I mean, Kentucky guy, uh, I don't see the Rothschild as being listed as the owners of the, uh, you know, the mainstream media. Okay. Maybe not that name, but I'll show you. Hang loose. And up to now, they have mainly succeeded. But in the last two decades or so, a bit slowly but surely, things have been finally turning against them. Thanks to primarily the general globe awakening. So really, that's not been going on for two decades, folks. It's been going on about a year and a half. Let's be honest. We have been asleep until the last year and a half or two. To the general global awakening and the truth movement facilitated through an unprecedented uh, proliferation of knowledge courtesy of the information technology revolution that is connecting us all together. If we aim to truly expose and eventually derail and defeat the satanic Illuminati agenda, oh yeah, that's not a conspiracy theory anymore. There's an Illuminati. It's out there. Do your own research. And the New World Order mechanism, or more accurately translated, the New Secular, which is God, which means godless, order, which is more precise translation of the Latin praise, Novas Orda Segom, which has been in making for centuries, then we must arm ourselves with the up-to-now hidden knowledge of not just the version of history that has been and is still being taught to students in our Western mainstream so-called educational systems, but instead turn to the alternative hidden version of history, which used to be, which only be available and known to in various so-called elite, occult, and estrotic circles throughout the world, especially in Western so-called civilization. Yes, information was always power, as it will forever be. At any rate, it is nearly impossible to devolve into such matters without stumbling on the name Rothschild. So, before I go any further, do you kind of see how L.B. LB Johnson... Remember, he's the first, he's where we started, right? The Great Society. And what did that mainly affect? It's supposed to be for the poor people, but what has it mainly affected? Our curriculum and our public school systems. You see, I'm trying to show you guys how to put this puzzle together. See, see how it all goes together? George Orwell put it best in his legendary book, 1984. By the way, if you haven't watched that movie yet, 1984, it will, it's worth the watch. It's a long movie. It's a long movie. But it's worth the watch, not because it's he's such a great actor or a writer, but because somebody had some inside information if you watch that movie. In his book, 1984, he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. Throughout the Western mainstream so-called educational systems, the Rothschilds are what I call the ultimate obsessive-compulsive architects of control, so metallic that there have been few examples in modern or postmodern history that matches them. No, 
Don't be alarmed by the word occult, which literally means uh, clandestine, hidden, secret, or knowledge of a hidden, of the hidden. This, of course, does not have to be satanic in nature, but it could be. However, by shedding light on such matters, thus up to now hidden, knowledge will no longer be occultic, but transparent, apparent, and self-evident. Hence, we take away its occulted mystique and its the case diabolic nature. Let us be comforted by the word of God as delivered through Apostle John, peace be upon him, some 2,000 years ago. And that is, quote, the light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness has not overcome. John 1-5. So let's begin with some brief and on-service facts about the Rothschilds, especially their hidden hand in Middle East region. In 1917, the British subsidiary of the Rothschild Crime Syndicate effectively arm-twisted and forcibly lobbied the British government to promise to grant them Palestine in exchange for getting the United States to get involved in World War I on the side of Britain and thus ensure a British victory over Germany. Thus, the Balfour Declaration was conceived. This was a one-page official letter from the British Foreign Secretary at the time, author James Balfour, to Baron Rothschild, stating the following. His Majesty government views with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endovers to facilitate the achievement of this objective. Yeah. Yeah. What you, <laughs> and what is Palestine doing right now? Okay. This was uh, 1917. This is 2023. What's Palestine? What's going on with Palestine that we read about every day now, just about in the news? In the news. Yeah, they're at war with Israel and have been for a while. I wonder who's behind that. There was a big problem with this scenario. Palestine was never Britain's to grant away. It rightfully belonged to the Palestine Arabs who had, who had dwelled there for centuries. Ever since time immortal as record in the Old Testament, Albert portrayed in a negative light due to the Israelites' bias. <laughs> Thousands of years later, and walked the Rothschild Zionists upsprung their way in, and as usual, since this has been their traditional method of stealing power and resources, for centuries, slowly but surely, they started to brutally and forcibly evacuate the land and take over and take it over. In the past several decades, the Zionists have murdered and victimized millions of innocent and defenseless Palestinians. Palestinians. They are still committing genocide to this day with the full blessing of Washington, London, and Brussels. But more importantly, the Rothschild's crime family who are the behind-the-scenes agents of the largest ickleness of diabolic earthly power with a lust for control and domination. I'm not going to elaborate on the nature of their estrotic Luciferian agenda, since that could be a separate topic for a whole episode all by itself. We may do one on that later. But trust and believe, these are not good Christian. This is not a good Christian family. According to... A Jewish-English historian, Simon Sakim, the Rothschilds own 80% of what they have opportunistically called Israel, 
a blasphemy unto itself, according to the true Torah Jews, who correctly point out that after the destruction of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD by the Roman general Titus, as prophesied by Jesus Christ some 40 years earlier, that a nation of Israel can only be assembled by the Messiah himself and absolutely by no earthly power or authority. And that uh, contrary is nothing short of satanic agenda and contrary to the will and direction of the divine providence. Yep. <sighs> the creation of Zionist state of so-called Israel was massively unjust right from the beginning. An entity conceived in treachery, theft, and cruelty, and politically justified by subverse. The evil of the burnt offering, which is the exact meaning of the word, word Holocaust. In this manner, the evil Rothschild's cult of Moloka believe in human sacrifice. The cult of the Rothschilds believe in human sacrifice. In this case, the Holocaust was a precursor and a required harbinger for them to steal and cave their own nation state. Well, I tell you, when you, just when you think you've, you've heard it all and you've read it all, you come on this show and you listen to something like that. Man, that, that, that is just, and this is not, folks, this is not them practicing this stuff back in 19, in the late 1900s, this is, or early 1900s. This is now. They are still doing this today. Today, today, today. It's still practicing this human sacrifice crap, the satanic rituals. It's sad. It, it's very sad. Naturally, this profounded inequality continues to breed conflict today. Well, <laughs> I guess I should have waited until I made that statement, but there you go. As has the case all along. It is no exaggeration to state that the founding of this Rothschild Zionist state, along with the blind and absolute ideological and financial support by their corrosive APAC and JDL lobbyists, among other traders in Washington, London and Brussels, and Tel Aviv, may dangerously be contrived forerunner to World War III itself. Huh. Gee, does it, it kind of sounds like uh, maybe, just maybe, right, that uh, this might be a cause. You know, we have a lot going on right now, nuclear threat and all that good stuff may have been gradually witnessing this possible trend taking place in the Middle East in the past several years, starting with the invasion and occupation of Iraq in, 20, in 2003. Remember who the president was? It, the president was one of those families that we've talked about, the Bushes, followed by other covert wars and anarchies to follow, which is dangerously drawing in global powers such as Russia, as well as China and India and regional powers such as Iran and Saudi Arabia. Gee, I wonder if those countries are right now today in the news quite a bit. Remember, this article wasn't wrote. Like, this research was done, but it was taken from articles over the years. Like, this isn't all just like, you're not going to find this. First of all, you're not going to find this article altogether anywhere unless I put it in a book. <laughs> but you're not going to find this like the, these bits and pieces in today's newspaper or yesterday's. You see what I'm saying? And which countries are always in the news right now? 
Well, you're always hearing about Russia, 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 China, India, and Saudi Arabia and Iran. Iran was just in the news uh, over the weekend about their nuclear ability and how they're joining forces again with, guess who? Israel. Yeah. Huh. I wonder. And I don't wonder either. It's scary times, folks. People need to wake up. So it's hard to fathom that this puny desert stricken patch of Rothschild Zionist created an entity which measures no more than 8,019 square miles. All of it's illegal and stolen, of course, practically controls the Middle East, Eastern foreign policy mechanism of the governments of, of the U.S., Europe, U.K., Canada, France, and many others in the Western world. Apparently, at least for now, size does not matter. What matters is that the Rothschilds have always been fully behind the Frankenstein Goldblum falsely and blasphemously called Israel, in which the Rothschilds are both the Frankenstein and Goldblum. So listen, I remember during the, the, when everybody was going crazy and trying to make everybody take the jab and everything, I remember seeing reports out of Israel where they were the toughest on there. They had the passport. You, you couldn't do anything. Couldn't even go in and eat anywhere in a public place unless you had the jab, proof that you had the jab. And I was wondering, I was like, why is Israel doing that? Because, you know, when I think of Israel, I think of the Old Testament and I think of, you know, a religious place and, you know, God-fearing people. Yeah, I was wondering, why Why is that government so corrupt? Why are they forcing this deadly poison on their people? Now it all makes sense. It all makes sense, right? The Rothschilds are behind it. They want depopulation. They want the one world order. They want global, global religion, global, uh, global money and global healthcare. They want all that stuff. They want me and you to eat insects and then eat real meat, not fake meat like they're advertising. They want all the real cows. They want all the real meat for them. We're just in their way. Ain't that sad? And we're just living our life, but we're in their way. Oh, by the way, if you don't want to eat insects, you can always eat your neighbor. Yeah, that's one of the big things. I've talked about it before in previous episodes. That's one of the big things that they're pushing right now. At any rate, here's a few more facts about the broad spectrum of the power of the Rothschild, and I call them crime family, syndicate. The Rothschilds own the Reuters and Associated Press, AP, the two biggest news media agencies in the world, which naturally have strayed sovereign to their master's propaganda talking points. Albert, with a clever twist of what seems like objectivity, which is totally not. The Rothschilds also have controlling share in the Royal Dutch Oil Company, the so-called Bank of England, which in reality should be called the Bank of the Rothschilds, as a part of their original five European banking branches in London, Paris, Frankfurt, Vienna, and Naples, as exhibited in the Rothschild Five Arrows Coat of Armors, symbolizing the five sons of the criminal godfire, godfather, Meyer Aspen Rothschild, who lived from 1744 to 1812 in Frankfurt, Germany, still the financial capital of the Federal Republic of Germany, courtesy of the Rothschilds. They also own 
LBMA, London Billion, uh, London Bullion Market Associate. Exert tremendous covert influence at the Federal Reserve. Uh huh. That's right. Covert influence at the Federal Reserve, the Europe Central Bank, the IMF World Bank, and the Bank of International Settlements. The Rothschilds have ownership of the major supply of actual physical gold in the world. They own the London Gold Exchange, which sets the price of gold every day. It is estimated that the Rothschilds own over half of the wealth of the entire planet. Estimated by the credit suits to be $231 trillion, which is reportedly managed and controlled by the 85-year-old Lord Evelyn Rothschild, the current head of the crime family. And here (laughs) is an interesting fact, a very interesting fact. One week before September 11th, 2001, let me read that date again so you guys know what I'm talking about. One week before September 11th of 2001, the Zim Shipping Company broke its lease, which it had held for 30 years with the New York World Trade Center building complex, which, of course, were owned by the Silverstein Properties. Zim Shipping Company is 50% owned by the Rothschilds, hinting that they possibly had a hand in the 9-11 Vio Quo Bono, circumstantial evidence that is just begging to be officially investigated. But, of course, it's not because the Rothschilds are way too big and encompassing. Here's a critical side note. Zim Shipping Company was formerly known as Zim Israel Navigation Company, LTD, and Zim American Israel Israeli Shipping Inc. It is the biggest cargo shipping company in Israel and one of the top 20 global carriers. We go back to the past in 2005, Forbes magazine ranked Meyer Absent Rothschild, the original godfather of this crime family back in the 18th and early 19th century as number seven in its list of the top 20 most influential businessmen of all time. Incidentally, Mayor Rothschild is referred to as the founding father of the international finance. Yeah. The Rothschilds were directly involved in financing the British in their war of 1812. When England invaded Washington, D.C., and burned our nation's capital to the ground. Three years later, in 1815, the Rothschilds took complete control of the Bank of England, but they kept the name as a decoy, of course, with all the other national banks that they now own throughout the globe. The Rothschilds are also directly involved in financing the Southern Sectionists during the American Civil War of 1861 through 1865. President Abraham Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth, was in fact a Rothschild agent. You see how deep this goes? After their hostile takeover of the Bank of England in 1815, the Rothschilds have been expanding their banking control literally all over the world. Their method, pressuring various countries, corrupt politicians to accept massive IMF loans, which they can never repay, of course, and thus go into a form of debt, slavery to the Rothschild banking powers. If a leader refuses to accept the loan, he is oftentimes either ousted or assassinated. And if that fails, invasions can follow. Does any of this sound familiar, folks? 
Any of this at all sound familiar? Yeah. You need to wake up. You need to be doing research. So as I stated, Rothschilds are exert powerful influence over the world's major Western mainstream news media outlets. By repetition of the same deceitful propaganda throughout their news cycle, the masses are duped into believing exaggerated horror stories about evil dictators such as Saddam Hussein of Iraq, Muammar Gaddafi of Libya, and now Bashar Assad of Syria. Again, does any of this sound familiar? Don't forget about President Putin. The Rothschild Crime Syndicate has had their hand in fomenting nearly every European war for the past 250 years. I'll read that one more time. The Rothschild Crime Syndicate has had their hand in fomenting nearly every European war during the past 250 years, two of which were meticulously designed to become world wars in the 20th century alone. They also install presidents and prime ministers, dethrone and install kings with free Masonic puppet replacements, format false revolutions and coups, create and stimulate social, uh, ethnic, moral, cultural, political, and geopolitical divisions and secretations, bankrupt nations through wars and rumors of wars, use of the abuse of economic tools, that's their favorite, by the way, such as an interest rate manipulations, contrived economic bubbles, followed by financial collapses, recessions, and full economic depression, in addition to currency exchange manipulations. And the list goes on and on. Like vermin, the Rothschilds, bloodsuckers, live to profit from all of those social and ec- economical ills. I'm telling you, these people are just flat out and have been for a while. And if you're just now hearing this, you may have to go back and re-listen to this episode because I know it's a lot to take in. But you need to know what you need to know where this started from, where it's at, and where it's going to before you're ever going to be able to wake up on the cultural front. They have always worked hard from behind the scenes, of course, uh, vice versa, the hidden hand of the immoral and godless Freemasonic Freemasonic power structures to corrode long cherished moral values and spread all manners of sexual devotations and persuasions, which their godless, godless liberal subgets have worked hard during the past 50 years to make these filth into a competing norm across Western Europe and Northern America. And that's true today. Just turn on your TV and even your commercials these days are just, they're almost unwatchable. They're so filthy. You wouldn't have seen that 20 years ago. It seems like everything that we know morally is wrong. They're trying to make us believe it's right now. And everything that we know is right is wrong. It's like they're flipping everything. No. Of course you, what, why would you even think that you should have a drag contest with children involved watching it? That's sick. What? But no, we're wrong for saying that now. Crazy. And this is where it stems from. This is where it stems from. By abusing sacred phrases such as human rights, democracy, and democracy, these utterly depraved, morally corrupt, liberal subgets are directly arm-twisting traditional and moral societies to adopt to their uh, despicable moral, revolutionary, 
and ethical ambiguous. Vice versa, the modern secular so-called educational systems, which they, which they had a major hand in designing, in designing through what? LBJ's Great Society. In other words, a multiple decades-long cultural campaign of mass brainwashing to mislead the people of the world, especially in Western Europe and Northern America regions, to persuade the public to call what is good. Oh, I just said this. To call what is good evil and to call what is evil good. This, of course, was prioritized by the prophet Isaiah in the 8th century B.C. when he wrote, quote, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 520. From the get-go, they aim to destroy Western Christianity, which unfortunately, to a great extent, they succeeded. They infiltrated the very Catholic Church in the 15th and 16th centuries during the Italian Renaissance. The Borgia popes, who were Spanish uh, Marins, inherited. They tried to do the same with Eastern Orthodox Christianity, but utterly failed. Then and now. Today, we must be grateful for the enthusiastic resurgence and hopeful revival of the Eastern Orthodox faith as a viable morale, ethical, and political force to be reckoned with, especially among the youth of Russia and Eastern Europe. This is one of the many reasons for their Fatano Russia Propaganda Media campaign. Okay. They typically insert this via their news media, neurologic programming of repeatedly calling this or that world leader a dictator, as they continue to do so, for example, with Russian's president, Vladimir Putin, Iran's supreme leader, Asil Alagbe, and Iran's former president, Mahas Venezuela, recently deceased former president, Hugo Chavez, and current president, Nicolas Maron, Bolivas, President Evo Morales, and the recently CIA deposed Brazilian President De Lima Raceva, as well as the Philippines' new president, Rigo Trapeon. These world leaders, among other leaders, are constantly singled out and red flagged because their stern and courageous audacity to openly oppose and expose the Rothschild Illuminati power structure. Albert, without directly invoking their name, they are quick, they are frequently, if not repeatedly, uh, charactered, assassinated via all the Western mainstream media outlets, which they, which happens to own and operate. Now, that's where we're going to call it a day right there. But I want you to understand something. We're going to have a part three to this, probably four, five, six. I don't know how many, because once I get done with the Rothschilds, we have to, we, I have to show you guys how they tie in, how they tie in to where we're at right now. And you can't do that without going over another family. And we cannot do that without going over the relationship between, well, actually, we can't do that without going over one of the, probably the most corrupt president. We're going to go back even further. To one of the most corrupt presidents ever, which is Wood, Woodrow Wilson, who is probably the closest thing to a dictator that we've ever seen. And when we get done with Woodrow Wilson, we're going to go back to FDR and we're going to talk about how FDR and Winston Churchill 
who was the prime minister, who served as prime minister actually two times, two separate times, five year apart, prime minister of Europe, and how they actually shape what we're living through right now. But like I mentioned, that is all all the time we do have for today's episode. You've been listening to uh, the Red Pill Current News Podcast. With your host, the Kentucky Guy. And as always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you.